and welcome to episode 80 of the Knit Actually podcast. My name is Becky and I'll be your host. Today's segments include Actually Finished, Actually Working, Actually Stash, and some fun reviews and a giveaway. So um, I'm going to jump right in. I have a couple of finished things to talk about this time. One of these I'm very excited about, but boy did this project take me a long time, which is part of the reason that it's been a while since I've podcasted because it's like, well... I was knitting pretty monogamously on this thing, and then it was taking forever, which that means I don't have a lot to talk about. But the finished object that I am very excited about today is my anemone pullover. So this is a Vera Valimaki sweater from Interpretations 5. I knit it in on-the-round yarn that I had bought during her singles sale. So she does a, I think it's called her singles sale. Every, every couple of months, she will do a closeout of skeins that are discontinued colors, or if she's got quality control concerns or things like that. That's a dyer that I had been really excited about, and so I had bought three skeins of fingering weight yarn during her sale, I think last summer. The yarn is a single, and so single ply... I hope that it will wear well. It certainly knit very well without any any issues around pilling or things like that. I know that a single, I'm learning that a single is not the best choice always for a sweater, but I'm hoping with this lightweight summer top that it'll be okay. And anemone is a really cute pattern. So uh, Vera Valimaki, in my opinion, does a really nice job with very flattering silhouettes that are casual and comfy and have kind of that boxy shape, but a little different. So for example, I have a couple of hers. I have the breathing space, which is the asymmetrical strikes. Would you call them asymmetrical? They're on the bias, I guess, is how you would say it. So it's solid at the top and striped on the sleeves, but then on the body, the stripes happen on the bias. So it just adds a little something different, and it's kind of a cool little effect in this cute sweater. I also have True Friend, which was a boxy kind of sweater, but you almost knit it like a bib, like a dicky, right? And then pick up and knit around it. So you get a boxy shape, but again, some different uh, techniques and some different things that make that boxy shape a little more flattering. So with anemone, there's a ruffle on one side. So you, you knit for a while and then you kind of increase a whole bunch and then um, the ruffle gets wider as you knit down the sweater and also the side of the sweater with the ruffle ends up longer. So it ends up with an asymmetrical hem, um, you know, shorter on the hip without, like, like waist length on the side without the ruffle and more like hip length on the side with the ruffle, which I think is really cute. I still need to weave in the ends. It is not even really fingering weight sweater weather here in Colorado these days. It has been crazy hot. The kids and I just got back from California and the weather there was much more temperate. We were in San Diego and it was nice, you know, 80 degree days. We've been having 90 and 100 degree days here in Colorado. So I will weave in the ends and then hope to wear it. I may actually wear it to the mountains tomorrow because I will be up there in the cooler temperatures for a cookout. So That is finished. I'm very, very excited about the finished piece. The other thing I was going to say about the yarn, so again, I bought this yarn knowing that it was uh, not up to the dyer's standards. I still think it's adorable. And my three skeins had some pretty significant 
differences in their color. So it was a natural base with black and green and turquoise speckles, sometimes more gray. Um, and the three skeins were pretty different than each other. But I just started with the darkest, the one that had the most black, and used that at the top and then knit my way down. And so without really putting too much effort in, it does kind of do a fade. Uh, not a dramatic fade or anything like that, but it does fade. The skein that I used last had very little black, and so it was a very light skein. The skein I used first had quite a bit of black, and the one in the middle was kind of uh, in between those two. So I think it's going to be a piece that I wear quite a bit. I am on this summer top kick. I'm really excited about having um, new summer tops to wear to work or spring and fall tops that I can wear to work. So I am thrilled to have that finished. And it, for whatever reason, like I said, I just thought it took forever. And so now that it's behind me, I feel like, oh, I have the opportunity to knit some other things. So the other things that I finished, I did finish a couple other things since the last time I talked to you guys. I finished a pair of socks that I'm pretty excited about. So I had bought some self-patterning yarn a while back, and I've talked about these socks before. I had seen on Instagram somebody attempting to knit socks so that they had both an afterthought toe and an afterthought heel. And I thought that would be a really cool thing to try because if you were concerned about yardage and you really wanted to somehow use up like every last little bit of a yarn for a pair of socks then you could try this technique and if you did contrast heels and toes you could just knit every ounce of yarn that you had and then call it a day. So I've started that with several things. I started that with the leftover Gryffindor yarn that I have from White Birch Fiber Arts so I had knit Benny a slouch head hat out of, it's not Gryffindor, it was like 49ers or something that I got at Stitches West, but it looked like Gryffindor. It was those colors. And I had knit him that hat and I had just some yarn left. And so I thought, well, if I just try this technique, I can just knit until it's gone and then dye up a little mini of gold and use that for toes and heels and I should be good to go. So that's been in the car for a long time and it's actually getting to a point where it could be um, finished pretty soon. I actually feel like next weekend I'm going to take a bunch of time and just put heels and toes and stuff in socks because I do have a pair of Hufflepuff socks for Jack and a um, lollipop yarn pair of socks for myself and just several pairs that are so close to being done and if I just spent a little time on socks I would have a whole bunch of things to add. To my drawer. Um, but then the other pair that I was doing that way is I did buy some White Birch Fiber Arts yarn at Yarn Fest back in April and I bought it in the House Colors colorway. So it's all of the Hogwarts houses, maroon and gold and yellow and black and blue and then this really pretty, the, the Ravenclaws are really pretty um, bronzy kind of color. I mean, I guess it's supposed to be gold. Anyways, it's gorgeous. And then green and black. And so that actually came as two matched 50 gram skeins. And so what I'm doing with those is knitting each of those as a tube 
and then each of the boys will get a pair of socks and however long they are is how long they will be. And I did with the second pair cast on with gray. So I'm going to do gray cuffs, heels, and toes on that pair. And I'll probably do gray heels and toes on the other pair. I just didn't do the cuffs. I didn't think of that. So the first of those tubes is done. The second one was my airplane knitting when we went to California. I knit very little when we were in California. But I did make a little bit of progress on both flights on that pair of socks. Ben and I are going to see Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire at the Colorado Symphony tonight. So I'm very excited about that. And I'm going to bring that along in my purse as well. But I actually finished a pair of socks. Like finished, finished, all the way done. Blocked them, woven the ends, all of that. A pair of socks, which is the first pair of socks. I'd have to go and look back. But the first pair of socks I've finished in ages. So I have this cute self-patterning yarn. And I was just knitting this very long tube. And it sits, I have this very cute yarn bowl that I reviewed a while back. Um, it's called the Lazarus silicone yarn bowl and I was using it I have it in the living room just kind of filled with cotton yarn I was using it when I was making all of those washcloths for teacher gifts at the end of the year and I just had this pair of socks sitting in there as well and the other night I think I was just tired and didn't want to go upstairs and get my current project and so I grabbed these socks and I just kind of cranked out Quite a bit more length. I did not use up every single itty bitty bit of yarn in part because I did not do contrast heels and toes and I was just ready to finish this pair of socks. I was ready to take the plunge and do all the cutting that I had to do. So basically what you do is you knit this really long tube then you measure the halfway point and you cut and you unravel all the way around and then those become the toes of two separate socks. So then you pick up the stitches onto a needle and you just knit a toe like you normally would. And then you go back and you measure for where the heel goes and you cut again. And then you add the heel uh, like an afterthought heel, like a normal afterthought heel. So picking up the stitches and then knitting the heel as, as though it were a toe. So I managed to do that without any terrible mishaps. I slightly misjudged where I wanted to snip for the toes, but not to any ill effect on the socks. So it didn't matter that I kind of misjudged that. But if I, I've learned some things, I guess is what I'll say. And so when I do it again, I will be a little bit smarter about a couple of the choices I make with regards to snipping. And it did mean that in one pair of socks I had like four ends to weave in, right? The, the start, the bind off, and then where I joined, oh, where I, I guess start and end of the heel, start and end of the toe. So it's more ends to weave in. I don't mind weaving in ends, so for me that's not a big deal. If that bothers you, and I know it does bother some people, then this might not be the technique for you. But if you have Left, especially I think leftover sock yarn. So whatever your favorite sock recipe is, and I think most sock knitters have one, often you end up with leftover socks and maybe you can use them and do Rose City Rollers or you know, something like that. But this is a great way to just say, well, let me just see how much I have left and just knit till it's gone and then throw some heels and toes in it and boom, cute pair of socks. So I am excited about that. Like I said, I, I feel like there's a 
sock Saturday, maybe I'll call it that, sock Saturday in my future where I'm just going to finish up a bunch of most of the way done pairs of socks. And I have more single socks sitting around this house. So that's that's a goal. I'm not big on setting huge goals for myself with my knitting, but that's a goal would be to go through and just wrap some of that up. So then the other thing that I'm working on or that I've finished is some more washcloths. So my mom's birthday is tomorrow and she also retired and so I wanted to do some nice handmade things for her. So one of the things that I'm doing is I made her some peppermint eucalyptus soap. I'm super into this like soap making thing because uh, it's so easy and it's so fun. I didn't use molds or anything. Hers is just going to be plain. But I think I've talked about this before that we made a Death Star out of soap. That's what all of my nephews are getting this year <laughs> in their stockings. But I, I, I did a lot of that for teacher gifts and things like that. And I just thought my mom would really get a kick out of that. So when I bought all of the yarn from Knit Picks to make all of these washcloths, I bought some other Knit Picks yarns called Color Mist, and so it was slightly more expensive than the Comfy or whatever I used for the others. This is a 75% Pima cotton, 25% acrylic. It's not expensive. 100 yard hank was, right now it's on sale and it says it's between $5.99 and $7.99, but it's really soft. That little bit of acrylic just gives it that nice, soft, kind of silkier feeling as opposed to feeling more like a mercerized cotton and I know that not all of these are mercerized cotton because that's a specific thing but it doesn't feel rough at all it's very very soft to knit with and the other thing this color mist at all seems to be I'm sure it's the way it's spun or plied or something but there's just the faintest little bits of color so I have one that is that would look like it's primarily blue it would look like it's primarily gray and then I have one that looks like it's primarily natural and then has just hints of blue and I'm just knitting up three of these for her right now. I'll have leftovers and certainly people will get these for Christmas as well but my mom's gonna get three of them and so I did one of them in a cute honeycomb slip stitch pattern. These are all from that knitting around stitch dictionary that I have that, I, that I've reviewed and talked about a couple times. Uh, there's a star stitch and frankly that one is one of my favorites to knit and also one of my favorites just in terms of how it looks. I just think it looks really cool. And then the last one I'm working on right now and it's a blanket moss stitch is what it was called. So this one is turning out really cute. I think it's going to eat a lot of yarn just because of because every other row I'm having to knit front and back into every stitch. But I also think and at one point last night, I was like, am I bailing on this? Maybe I'm bailing on this. But I decided not to. Um, because I think it'll be nice and absorbent. There is, frankly, going to be more cotton in this than in some of the others. The, the only other thing I would say about this one is it's a little bit fiddly. And so it's not fast. So I'm in a little bit of a time crunch trying to get these made for my mom. And I may bring this one to the barbecue and finish it while we're up there and just give it to her then uh, it's just taking a little bit of time but I do think it's a really pretty pattern and like I said I think this will be a nice absorbent one because it's it's using a lot of yarn hopefully that makes sense the other 
thing I was going to tell you guys about is some other like goofy crafty things I have been doing. So obviously it's summer. My, my vegetable garden is in full bloom. I have tomatoes that are nearly ready to be picked. I have peppers that are nearly ready to be picked. I have peas and green beans, which is exciting. And the kids and I will definitely be eating a lot of that this week. The other cool thing that I was messing around with was I had been reading articles about how to propagate succulents. So I have a beautiful greenhouse window in my kitchen. It is one of my favorite things about my house. And I am not great with houseplants. I'm pretty good with the outside garden, but that's in part because it waters itself. And so my houseplants are not always my strongest thing. And I went many years of you know, varying levels of dead houseplants here in, in the beautiful window. And then at one point my mom bought me plus plastic plants to put in there so that it looks nice and I do still have the plastic plants. But a couple of years ago I, I went big on succulents. I actually have a beautiful aloe plant that one of my best friends gave me when she moved away which is like 13 years ago now. So I have an aloe plant that I have kept alive for 13 years and that's a pretty big accomplishment for someone who's bad with houseplants. And then I have just a bunch of little succulents and so if you've listened to the podcast all the way back, you might remember that back when I started the podcast, I was also taking pottery classes. And the boys also did a camp at the place where I used to take my pottery classes. And so we have a, an abundance of itty bitty, maybe slightly wonky pots in the house. And then I had all of these succulents and they had started to get a little bit out of control. So the other thing was that last year I bought an Ikea cool pot rack thing for my front porch and I was going to do herbs in it but then it's like if I'm away even at all then the herb thing doesn't work out because they die. So I decided to replace all of those with succulents and I took a bunch of my succulents that had gotten too leggy and weird and were taking you know they were kind of starting to sprawl in ways that didn't seem healthy and I snipped them all down into much smaller plants so I think I have six new pots of succulents in the window. I split my beautiful aloe plant in two, and I have to say the two new plants are so much healthier than the one large plant was. It's really made a big difference. I Like just looking at the, I don't know what to call it. They're not a leaf on an aloe plant, are they? I guess maybe they are. Anyways, the like fronds of the aloe plant are thicker and healthier and greener than, than either one was. And so... Then I have two more of those going to see if they'll go well in the outside pot rack. And then I have about a half a dozen other succulents in there. But then I was reading on Pinterest that, that to make new succulents, and I keep succulents on my desk at work too for the same reason. Sometimes I'm not there for stretches at a time. So a succulent can be self-sufficient. And I, and I don't have to be there every single day to water it. So I read, read on Pinterest that literally all you have to do to propagate new succulents is carefully break off some of the leaves of your healthy plant, set them in a dish of special succulent cactus soil, and about three weeks later you'll get plants. So I did that. Um, I have probably about 20 of them that still just have roots starting to come in that I do believe are going to turn into plants. And then I have 20 little itty bitty baby succulents and they're so cute. And now they're at the point where they grow every day and it's just really fun. And it's the same sort of thing. I have to add water here and there. I have them in pie plates in my kitchen 
and there's foil pie, pie plates that I had from something else. So really low effort, and I'm going to end up with all these cute little plants. And again, I think that'll make nice gifts for people, whether that's teacher gifts or something for family members or people at work or whatever. I have these little baby plants now. They're so cute. So that's one kind of crafty thing that I have been spending a lot of time with. The other is I have been messing around with this acrylic paint pouring, which is so stinking fun and satisfying. So you, if you go on Instagram and you look for acrylic paint pouring, then you'll, you'll get sucked into just watching videos of it all day long. It's fascinating. But basically you take this pouring medium. There's a bunch of different ones. I bought the cheap one that is meant for thinning house paint and it works great and you kind of layer in colors of paint and then you take whatever you're gonna pour it onto and you dump it on there lift away the cup and it and all these cool things happen so I have been messing around with that quite a bit I made coasters so uh, there's a lot of birthday family birthdays in my family in July and so I made coasters for the men and, and also some beautiful pink ones for my mom. And then I did tiles. I'm going to make two tile mirrors, one to put in my bathroom and one to put in the kids' bathroom. Part of that is because the first one was supposed to be for my bathroom and then I didn't love how it turned out. And then I made tiles for a second one. And I did love how it turned out. And again, I think these are cool gifts because tiles at Lowe's are like 11 cents. I have a whole cabinet in my downstairs with acrylic paint in it. I bought the little Floetrol stuff and I bought some felt and now I have all these cute coasters. Um, so that's been fun. The kids and I were messing around with it on canvases. I may make kind of a canvas wall of little 12 by 12 canvases and stick that in the house somewhere just because we were messing around with all this and we have all these little canvases. But that's been fun. You might see a little of that on my Instagram and again stuff I've been doing other than knitting just for fun. So that's it in terms of finished and I'm feeling pretty pleased with it. I already talked for actually working I already talked about the uh, socks that I'm working on so I am working on a couple of pairs of Harry Potter socks and I'm very excited about how those are coming together. The main project that I have been working on is another short sleeve sweater and I'm going to talk short sleeve sweaters for a couple of minutes here now. So the one I'm working on now is called Tibromania. This is a short sleeved sweater from the spring edition, spring 2018 edition of Pom Pom Magazine. There were a bunch of really cute little sweaters in Pom Pom Magazine and I think I bought this when the Longmont Yarn Shop had the Interpretations trunk show because I wanted I already had interpretations and I wanted to buy something when I was in the store. So then I went looking when I was at Yarn Fest for sport weight yarn to make this little sweater out of. Did not find anything at Yarn Fest. But then my girlfriends Sarah and Emily and I went to the Hue Loco open studio sale that she does on Saturdays and I found the most adorable yarn. So this was from one of her one of a kind colorways. There in the shop she has, or the studio I guess, she has a whole wall of things that are not part of her repeatable sets of colorways and I bought four skeins of this cute sport weight yarn. It's got pinks and blues and greens and a little bit of gray and I think it's really cute. So this sweater is flying along. It's got, I started it over 4th of July weekend 
And by the time we left on vacation, which was like the past the um, underarm by a couple of inches. So for whatever reason, anemone took me forever. This sweater is flying off the needles. I have not picked it up really this week that we've been back and it did not get any love while we were on the vacation. But I feel like I can crank that out in the next week or two and again, add that to my short sleeve top collection that I'm working on knitting this summer. So that one is really cute and really fun. There's another one from that same issue of Pompa Magazine and it's called uh, Treskilling. I have no idea if I'm saying that right. It's like T-R-E-S and then the word killing. I don't know how you pronounce that. I cast this one on back in May. I have not given it as much attention in part because there's little cable-y details at the top. If I can just get past the second chart on that one, it'll be the same sort of thing where now I'm just knitting mainly in stockinette in the round and I'm hoping that'll come off the needles very quickly. But I am knitting that one in MJ Yarns Tough Ram in a beautiful purple color of his. So that one is in play as well. The one that I'm so excited about that I've had more trouble with is Tegna. So Tegna is Boylan Knitworks, who I'm obsessed with, and it is a really cute short-sleeved blousey, I guess blousey, maybe bot, maybe more boxy. Anyways, lots of positive ease on this 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 little top. And I have some fingering weight cloudborn yarn from Craftsy in a dark turquoise that I wanted to do with it. So I already talked once about having problems, I think over Memorial Day weekend with this sweater. I cast it on, I cast it on to way too long of a cord on my interchangeable needles. The cast on got stretched real thin and then I think maybe the needle tip unscrewed a little and it was just like jammed. Like I couldn't get the yarn to move on the cord, it was a mess. I ended up cutting it and throwing it away because I could not get it to undo. But I really want this sweater, so I tried again and I got a solid inch and a half and I kept checking and of course I was on a much shorter cord which I think makes it easier to twist. Kept checking and kept checking and I was certain I had not twisted it and then after about an inch, inch and a half of that sweater you could tell that I twisted the, um, the cast on and so it is still not progressing. So that is part of the reason too that I, I cast on the Hue Loco sweater was I just feel like the Tegna is going to take a little bit of effort. Maybe third time will be the charm and I will get it cast on. And I know when I know I'm going to love knitting it and I know I'm going to love wearing it. But this uh, cast on has been my nemesis a couple of times now. Speaking of Tegna, uh, Caitlin Hunter Boylan Networks has a new sweater and she put on Instagram that she's working on kind of a series. She wants to name them after places in Italy. And this one is called Maritimo. I am, again, probably butchering that name. It looks very much like Tegna, but multicolored. So she, hers is all in hedgehog. It's basically another one of these very loose-fitting t-shirts with the lace detail at the bottom, and then the lace detail is in colors. So the sweater itself is three colors, but I feel like that's going to be a great use for some of these Madeline Tosh colors that I've been stockpiling over the year that I was in their club, and I haven't really done anything with. So I'm going to pick out yarns for this. I may give myself permission to wind this one up and potentially even cast it on just because I think it is so cute. And I feel like what I, I'm just trying to decide between do I do like a bright color at the top and more neutral with the color work at the hem, or do I do a real neutral 
top and then have some fun with the color work at the bottom. So time will tell. I have I have a couple of different ways I could go because I also have some hedgehog. And so at one point during the hedgehog club, I got a really beautiful pair. One is like an olive green and the other is a speckle that's got pinks and olive greens and things like that. So I could do, you know, a light gray or even just a natural or I could dye up a very, very, very pale pink and I could do something like that. That would be kind of out of my normal color story, which could be really fun. So anyways, I'm just trying to think about yarns for this one. But that pattern is Maritimo by uh, Boylan Networks, which is Caitlin Hunter, and, and it's super cute. And I'm very excited about this idea that maybe she is going to do a series of these because that would be amazing. The last thing I wanted to talk about really quickly, I made mention of buying Pom Pom Magazine at the Longmont Yarn Shop, and so I just wanted to take a second and congratulate the Longmont Yarn Shop because they are expanding. So if you've been to Longmont and been into Longmont Yarn Shop, um, right now they have the back half of a building. So the front half of the building is on Main Street, and the back half of the building, you have to that's usually where you would park. So you park out back, and you go in through the back, and it's Longmont Yarn Shop. And the front of the store is this, like, Egyptian antiquities place and they they have space to have kind of a retail operation but it's an odd it's an odd thing to have at the front of the store and sometimes you walk through and it's just these little Egyptian things I've never seen anybody in there shopping I think it's just more their base of operations but it sounds like uh, the owners of the building are the owners of the little antiquities place and Gail was feeling like she needed more room and so the options were do a little renovation and have her grow forward or have her look for a new location. So they're letting her do the renovations and she's going to take over the whole building. So I'm really excited about that. I believe this is their six-year anniversary that they've been in, in business downtown. Obviously, they are near and dear to my heart. And you see a lot about you know yarn stores going out of business. We've lost a, a lot of yarn stores in Colorado over the last several years. And so to see someone that I like having that kind of success just makes me feel really happy. So I just wanted to congratulate them really quickly. The last thing I was going to talk about, and then I have kind of something fun at the end here, is I did get some more of that uh, Madeline Tosh work sock. This is my last club shipment from the Madeline Tosh Club. I decided I love that work sock yarn so much. So I decided to get one more shipment, but then I have more like twist light than I know what to do with. So I'm not going to do that anymore. If I want more work sock, I will buy it uh, directly from them. Because I think it used to not be a standard base, but now I think it is. So now I can just pick colors and have that yarn that I like. So I've been trying to figure out what to do with it. Again, I always kind of struggle. I have three of those Pearl Soho tanks, and I love them, and I've been wearing them in the summer, and so that's been fantastic. But I, I struggle a little bit with, okay, so what am I going to do with this yarn? So I think I'm going to try knitting again the Deshane pullover. So that's a Quince & Company pattern. I knit it last year with some leftover uh, Madeline Tosh DK, DK twist, twist DK, in a beautiful uh, blue stow colorway that I had knit my briquette hoodie out of. And it's a crop sweater. There is a long version, and I do have yarn in stash to knit the long version. But I thought, I don't think there's any reason. It has these little mini sleeves 
I don't think it needs the little mini sleeves. I've seen people knit it and leave off the, the little mini sleeves and it turns out really cute. So I, you knit the sweater in pieces, lace panel and then the back. So I feel like if I had two skeins of this yarn and I knit the lace panel, then I could knit the back, right? Because then, because the front will probably use less yarn than the back. But if I knit the back until it was gone, then I could knit the lace panel on the front to match that. And then I would probably have a little just so that I could at least clean up the sleeves, right? And pick up stitches and knit a couple times around. So that's what I'm leaning towards doing with that one. I think it would be cute. This is a pattern that I really think it would be cute over a dress. And um, I don't wear the other one much because it's a little bit croppy for me. So that's really it, guys, for things that I have on the needles and, and in the works. I wanted today's episode 80. And I have a couple of review things that I wanted to talk about. And then I'm going to do a little giveaway. I don't do these often. I used to do them more at the beginning. And it, it is kind of more work than I um, want the podcast to be. I do this really just for the fun of it. But I have some really cool things. So the first thing I want to talk about is these, this great little lotion bar that I got. So Love and Leche had sent me a lotion bar last year. And they, the one that I have is their large size lotion bar. And it's got sheep on it. It's adorable. It's so cute. And I keep it in my desk drawer. And I use it all the time. They sent me a little bitty one along with it last year with the same little bee on it. And that stays in my home office. And again, I use it all the time. I think these are great, these lotion bars. Uh, the one that I have here to review for you guys is lavender and mint. And it smells amazing. And like I said, it's a really nice lotion without being greasy. So I really feel like I can rub the lotion bar on my hands. Since I've been doing the yoga, especially the heels of my hands are a little bit callousy and cracky. And I think that's just from down dog, but I rubbed this little lotion bar on and it really helps. So I have one of these to give away. They're also doing a drawing, so check the show notes. I will make sure I get this up live. The drawing will go until July the 31st, and you can click on the link and uh, be entered to win a little gift set. So first thing that someone will get is a little bee lotion bar from Love and Leche, and that is the me lavender mint scent. I almost said colorway, and it's awesome. The second thing that I've had sitting upstairs for a little while, and I actually have this cast on myself, is I got a kit to give away for a pattern called the Gilgamesh Cowl, and this is from Kramer Yarns. I've done a bunch of work with different yarns of theirs, and I always really like them. This is their Naturally Nazareth base. It's worsted. The colorway that I picked out is Wagon Wheel, and I would call this a very dark charcoal, almost black, not quite black. And the Gilgamesh cowl is cool because it's it's really interesting stitch patterns, and the, the pattern comes with it. It'll take two skeins of the Naturally Nazareth yarn, and then it makes this really big, chunky, awesome winter cowl. So that would be a nice fast project for somebody to cast on now and have ready for the cooler weather that all of us knitters love. So 400 yards of that plus the pattern and I'm very excited about that one. And then I got this darling little set of cottons and I am still trying to figure out exactly what I want to do with this because what I really want to do is something for my cousin's baby 
but the right thing has not occurred to me yet. So what I have to give away is three skeins of Appalachian Baby Design U.S. Organic Sport Weight Cotton. It's organic cotton, 195, 194 skeins per, or I'm sorry, 194 yards per skein, not skeins per yard, that would be weird. And I got to pick the colorway so they are, there are three different colors in here. There's a beautiful indigo blue, there's a natural, and then there's a taupe. And I say taupe because I, I think of taupe as a beige that runs pink, which is what I think this is. I, I think there's really warm undertones in this beige yarn. So it's really cute. It would be great for washcloths because it is really nice cotton, but I almost feel like it's maybe it's too nice for washcloths, right? Washcloths are great, but this is beautiful yarn. So I'm going to give away all three of these things to one lucky winner. And the way I'm going to do that giveaway is through iTunes reviews. So I haven't asked in a long time about iTunes reviews. And I thought, well, at 80 episodes in, maybe now was a nice time to ask again. So here is the way that this will work. I'm going to leave the giveaway open until August 31st. In the meantime, if you write an iTunes review, so I would need to see the stars and then like a written review of the podcast, what you like about the podcast, then just take a screenshot of that and email it to me. And the email is knitactuallypodcast at gmail.com. So again, by August 31st, um, drop in an iTunes review, uh, take a screenshot of it with your phone and email that to me and then I will with a random number generator I will draw a winner for these three lovely prizes so I really would appreciate that um, the podcast is absolutely a labor of love I can't believe I've been doing it for three years already and I would really appreciate some reviews from you guys so that's it for this time. I do have a couple of events that maybe are coming up soon. I haven't really made a lot of decisions about when and where I'll be during Hot August Knits or Yarn Along the Rockies. But if you're going to those and you want to catch up any of those weekends in August, I'm probably around and I probably could meet up and do yarny things if anybody local is interested. And then I'm considering still Salida Fiber Festival, which is beginning of September. So... If you're going to be there, give me a shout, and maybe we can connect there as well. In the meantime, guys, thank you so much for hanging out today. I hope everybody's having a great summer. I will post show notes at knitactuallypodcast.com, and you can follow me on Ravelry or Instagram or Facebook, um, any of those places. So in the meantime, guys, thank you for hanging out. Happy knitting, and I will talk to you soon. 